Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Deuteronomy today. We're in chapter 8. We'll be hitting the high points there and also uh, starting into chapter 9. And um, Moses is here giving them a refresher course to this new generation on all the lessons that they should have learned. And so verse 1, chapter 8 kind of uh, um, emphasizes remembering. Remember what, you know, remember what you know, remember what you learned. And remembering is sort of an analogy to keeping God's word. And he um, he sort of says, lest you not forget, you know. It's sort of like remember, but don't forget. Because when you forget, when you don't remember, that's when you fall into wickedness. And so that's kind of the theme here in chapter 8. So let's go chapter 8, verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you should be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. Isn't that what that's one of the most famous statements that man does not live by bread alone? Um, And we hear that it comes from right here in Deuteronomy. Jesus quoted this. Jesus, another Another thing from Deuteronomy that Jesus quotes, um, Jesus goes straight back to Deuteronomy. And so um, he goes straight back to what's in your heart and to humble yourselves, to be tested, to know what's in your heart. God wants the law written in our hearts, not in stone. And that's what the the the, the teachers and the religious rulers never could understand when Jesus was trying to teach them. So it's the whole commandment. We need to live by it so that we can be careful to put them into practice, 
to live and to multiply living by the whole word of God. And that's what Jesus did when he came. He showed that. He put the law into action because the people weren't putting it into action in their daily lives. Verse 4, your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. In other words, the nation Israel is out in the wilderness and uh, God kept them out there to test them and to humble them. And um, because of their sin. But um, God protected their physical needs, their clothing, and their feet didn't swell. They're on their feet so long. And uh, McGee taught that if they're eating manna, or if they're eating one thing over and over and over, they might have uh, beriberi or some, t- you know, some type of edema from um, swelling in the foot from nutritional deficiencies. God kept that from occurring. Verse 5, Know then in your heart that a man disciples his son, that as a man disciples his son, the Lord your God disciples you. Okay, Keep this in your heart. Know this in your heart so that the discipline that comes is to teach you humility and to teach you that you need to live by every word from God, not by what you think you need to do. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and by fearing Him. Fear Him. Fear losing Him. Fear disobeying Him. In other words, we made this point yesterday. To really accept Christ into your heart, to accept God, you've got to reject yourself. You've got to reject your own sin. For the Lord your God, verse 7, is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, a fountain, of springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, fig trees, and pomegranates. So in other words, it's a land with plenty of blessings. And he's bringing you into this land. He's giving you these things. You didn't earn them. You don't deserve them. He's bringing you into the land. Verse 11, we'll skip down. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes, which I command you today. That's what it is. A man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The Lord your God, verse, and we'll skip down to verse 15, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. God tests us today to keep us humble and to do us good. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. You didn't do you don't do anything by your own power. We don't get wealthy, we don't get any blessing through our own power. It's our Father in heaven that gives it to us. Verse 20, like nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish. 
because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. God's using all these other nations around Israel to show them an example, show us an example of what happens to us as individuals. Now we hit chapter 9. And again, the theme here is not because of anything you've done. Not because of your righteousness, because you're not. Chapter 9, verse 1, Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you. Cities great and fortified up to heaven. A people great and tall, the sons of Ankim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said, Who can stand before the sons of Achan? Therefore, know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. All right, you're going to do all these things. And you're going to cross over the Jordan. It means not literally this very day, but it means this is the time, the present time you're going to be crossing over. And you're going to accomplish things that on paper don't don't seem possible. But with God, it is going to be possible. Verse 4, Do not say in your heart, after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, where it is it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. In other words, God's subduing all these nations around you because of their wickedness, not because of your righteousness. Their wickedness, they're worshiping false gods, pagan gods, multiple gods. And all these things are based on man's immorality. God's driving them out. God will not tolerate the presence of sin. Okay? Whether it's sin in our lives or sin in the nation collectively. He's driving them out because of their sin. Not because of your righteousness. Verse 5. Not because of your righteousness nor the uprightness of your heart are you going to possess their land. But because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you. And that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, <clears throat> you're getting these blessings because the Lord's giving it to you, not because of anything you've done. Verse 6, Know, therefore, the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. Okay? That really rings true for us today. He's not giving us any blessings today because of anything we've done. It's because He loves us and He will not tolerate the presence of sin in our lives, just like He doesn't tolerate the presence of sin in the lives of these pagan nations. We have to remember that. To accept God, to accept Christ in our life, 
We have to reject the sin in our life. We have to reject, reject ownership of our life. It's not just about rejecting sin. It's rejecting our own selves, the right to our own selves. It's a powerful concept there. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what your take is today on today's study. What a great time we're, at least I'm having here in Deuteronomy. Wow, this is go-to wisdom, and we've got to remember it and keep it because this is, you know, practically, practically speaking, this is what Jesus quoted over and over to Satan and to all the Sadducees and Pharisees that were trying to tempt him. So, or test him. It really puts things in perspective. So, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 through to verse 6. So in this chapter, we have religious and national regulations, and we have God's past dealings, our assurance for the future. So this new generation, you know, after... The generation of Moses or passed on, so the new generation, is on the east bank of the Jordan River. And they are ready to cross over into the land with high anticipation and hope. So Moses is preparing them to enter the land. Verse 1 of chapter 8, Deuteronomy reads, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in the and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. So Moses is preparing them to enter the land and they are to obey the statutes and the commandments that God has given them. Verse two goes on to read and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your hearts, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So today, in our lives, we have a revelation of God and his dealings with us. So he wants us to remember the past. Paul in the book of Philippians said, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to remember that God has led um, and... God has led and blessed us, and God, God's not done with us. God's not done with you. He's not done with me. So he has brought us this far. 
and he has a reason and a purpose for everything that happens in our lives if you're a child of God. So God is encouraging this generation here and giving them an assurance for the future to tell them to just remember. So God tested them in the wilderness in order to humble them and to prove them to know what was in their hearts. So God tests us sometimes as well. And this humbles us. There's a reason, like, you know, we have to go through like some litmus test in order for us to actually focus, refocus and focus on God. So he does this for his own, you know, for his children in order that he might prove us. So in order to actually, you know, for us to focus on him, to seek his face, when we go through trials and temptations, you know, if you're his own, the Lord Jesus Christ will not give you something, you know, more or something that you can't handle. Verse 3 goes on to read, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with the manna which you did not know, nor did not, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So he was, this quote here that I've just read, this was actually quoted by the Lord Jesus Christ in the temptation in the wilderness. And this is a good um, spiritual lesson for us today. So God's been good to us. He's blessed us in many ways. You know, in many, many uncountable ways. Just waking up is a blessing. And, um, you know, when we are in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, every day we meditate upon his word. Only then do we get to appreciate, you know, the small, small things of life. You know, you're able to see, eat, breathe walk you know there's other people who are unfortunate and you know we do anything to be in the position that you are we take so many things for granted so god has blessed us in so many ways so god's been good to us he's blessed us in a lot of ways and you know material things that um you know he's blessed us in you know, spiritually and in material things, but it's for us to actually see that it's the spiritual wealth for a child of God and God's, you know, the spiritual blessings are, you know, for a child of God are what's very important. He does bless other people with, um, you know, a couple of people with material wealth, but, you know, to receive spiritual blessings is far greater than receiving material blessings here on earth because these things here are temporal. Verse 4 goes and we read, Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So this is you know, a miraculous statement that's made here. So they are clothes, actually. And when I read this, then I was, you know, it got me thinking, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. You know, they didn't mention anything about, like, you know, what they were going to wear and things like that. So their clothes didn't wear out for the 40 years that they were in the wilderness, which is actually miraculous. So God took care of them. And, you know, their foot didn't swell from eating the same type of food. You know, as we are aware, if your diet is mostly concentrated on 
one particular type of food, you know, one lacks in other forms of nutrients and, you know, other ailments that's creeping in because you don't have all the nutrients that you need. So the manna that the Lord gave them had all the nutrients that they needed, all the nutrients and vitamins, despite the sameness of diets. So you, the scripture says here, you won't um, get swelling in your foot. Um, and if you read the word of God, you won't get a swelling of the foot, of your feet. So the Bible will meet your individual needs. So, you know, the example that Dr. Jeeva Maggie gave, you know, I have my own individual needs. You know, I want, um, you know, joy and peace in my life. I'm going to read one particular scripture, like, um, like, uh, scripture in, um, in the book of Philippians, being confident of the very thing that he which had begun a good work in me, will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, I may need this scripture because I am troubled spiritually and all, and the scripture will mean something else to me, just like it will mean something else to someone else. You know, someone else, maybe they feel the burden that they're carrying is too heavy, maybe they've got a bereavement in their family, and this verse is comforting to them. And um, to another person, you know, they may have a totally different problem you know they may want maybe to get along with their family you know they're having you know a hard time you may be coping um to fit in into in a particular community and all and you know it comforts them differently just like the manna the manna despite it being the sameness in diet it had all the nutrients that they needed so it nourished each and every one of them just like the scripture nourishes each and every one of us in our lives despite the same scripture but it may comfort each individual differently verse 5 goes on to read you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son so the lord your god chastens you verse 6 therefore you shall keep the commandments of the lord your god and walk in his ways and to fear him for the lord your god is bringing you into a good land a land of brooks of water of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills. Verse 8, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. So God promised the nation Israel temporal blessings. So if they actually served him. So he does not promise this to Christians today. So there is a notion today that if you're a Christian, God will actually prosper you temporarily. That's not the case most of the times. So people tend to believe, no, I'm a child of God and God will prosper me with the things of this world temporarily. So this is not true. He has done this for some people, Christians, and given them financial and material blessings. But he doesn't do it for all. So God does everything for a reason. So, you know, there's a reason, you know, you find, you know, certain Christians, children of God, you know, they're very blessed financially and all. And it's for a reason um, where you have our fellow Christian brothers and sisters, they're blessed. Um, it's probably for them to 
maybe channel some of their finances towards God's work or ministry. But there's always a reason. But that it doesn't automatically mean if I am a child of God, God's going to bless me materialistically here. You have certain Christians, you know, they go through life, spiritual blessings, they don't have any much financially and materially. So God promised Israel temporal blessings. So this is a distinction that we have to make. God did not promise the church um, blessings, material blessings. And um, God has promised us spiritual blessings. And this is one of the many major distinctions between the nation Israel in the Old Testament and the church in the New Testament. Dropping down to verse 11, it reads, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgment, and his statutes, which I command you today. And here, this is a warning that's actually given to them. Dropping down to verse 15, it reads, He, sorry, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock. So God reminds them of what he has done for them in the past. Verse 16 goes on to read, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do, he might test you to do you good in the end. So here God has promised to actually bring this nation to, you know, this nation as the leading nation into the millennial that's in the future. So God has not promised the church this. Jesus Christ said in scripture, um, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come and take you to myself. So this is the hope of the child of God today, the Christian. It's the, child, it's, it's the hope of the child of God. And um, our hope today is the coming of Christ to actually take us out of this world. And um, yeah, we join him up in the clouds. So the hope of the nation Israel, on the other hand, is in this world so they have been promised a new jerusalem here on earth that's the hope that's another distinction that we have to look at so they were promised temporal material blessings and they were promised um they were promised um a new jerusalem here on earth verse 17 goes on to read then you Say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which I swore to your fathers as it is this day. So when that nation, the nation Israel, is in that land and is being prospered, then we actually all know that they are obeying God. 
And if they are not being prospered in that land, you know, if they are in that land and they're not being prospered in that land, then we know that they are not obeying God. And, you know, it speaks for itself today. If we look at them today, they are in the land, but are they being prospered? Verse 20, he doesn't read. As for the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord, your God. So this is God's warning to them. So God treated the children of Israel actually a far lot worse than the nations that were in that land. You know, there were so many nations with sites, the Jebusites, the Hevites. So all the sites, he um, actually destroyed them. He defeated them. But he treated the nation Israel far lot worse when they were not obedient. And this is because they had more light. They had the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with light comes great responsibility before God. So we now get to chapter 9. And chapter 9 here, God knew Israel and their past was not good. Verse 1, he goes into read. And there's strong language here. Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go in the dispossess and go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven. So today here, the term today here, it's not twenty-four hour day, but the time when they actually enter the land. Verse two goes on to read. A people great and tall, and descendants of Anakim, whom you know, and of whom you heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? So God reports of the land, um, and his report of the land to his people here is worse than the spies that had actually come back to report what they had found in that land. So God knew the land and who was in there. God told them to actually go in, but they wouldn't go in because they didn't believe God. And it's unbelief that actually caused the nation Israel to be where they are today. So even if God reassured them that he was with them, they still had to send in spies and check for themselves and it's unbelief that causes us to lose fellowship with the lord so martin luther king said and i remember when i just started through the bible learning it i liked this quote and i told my friend once and he was like really intrigued by it and it reads one with god is a majority so one with God, if they had believed God, you know, no matter how dire or impossible a situation is, if you put God first, nothing is impossible with God. Verse 3 goes on to read, Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out. And destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. So God takes the responsibility here. 
yeah there's lots of people who criticize oh hey god did not do this and all he takes the responsibility he put them out his because he's the creator who are we to question he created this earth and the heavens lord jesus christ is the landlord we are just little creatures down here verse 4 goes on to read do not think in your heart after the lord your god has cast them out before you saying because of my righteousness the lord has brought me in to possess this land but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the lord is driving them out from before you so god here is saying he's he actually drove these um other nations, the Sites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, he drove them out because they were a wicked nation and not because the people he was actually putting in that land were righteous or any better. They were not. Verse 5 goes on to read, If, sorry, it is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land but because of the wickedness of the nations that the Lord your God drives them out before you and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God will actually save you and me today. He will save you and me. Not because we are good or anything, you know, we're special or, you know, whatever we may think. We are sinners. And um, God will save us because Christ died for us. And it's for Christ's sake that we are saved, not for our own sake. God's not looking for anything in us that will merit salvation. He's not. Because to us, we are filthy rags. Whatever we have to offer, whatever we touch is filthy rags to God. Because God can't find anything righteous in us. So we can stand before God today because Christ died for us. He saved us from our sins. The blood he shed on the cross was for our salvation. Verse 6 goes on to read. Therefore, understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because you are righteous. Because he's not giving you this land because of your righteousness. For you are stiff-necked people. So he actually repeats again like why he's not, he's not giving them the land because they are any better than um, other people no god didn't come to deliver them because they were nice people when he went to um egypt the, these people were stiff-necked people and god heard their cry so them despite them being stiff-necked people they cried out to god and god heard their cry so if you're a sinner and you know it and it's better you actually know that you're a sinner. It, um, you actually, and you cry for salvation to him. He will hear us. Despite us being ugly and just 
horrible people. He will hear us for Christ's sake. He actually hears us for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we turn to Christ in faith, he will save us. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. Thank you.